It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? FFFSOSS.com. At FFFSOSS. Twitter, Twitter.tv slash AJ3. What's good? How's everybody doing? This is the College Football Over Under episodes. We'll play Over Under in the kickoff. Then we'll talk about the two ranked teams playing in Week Zero. Uh, the USC Trojan stateside, but Notre Dame has gone to Dublin to take on the Navy midshipmen. So we'll talk about those two games uh, in a college football week zero preview. Then a weekend soccer preview, NFL headlines, FedEx Cup playoffs, and more. That is the rundown for this pod. So we'll do college football over-unders, college football week zero, weekend soccer preview, NFL headlines, FedEx Cup playoffs, and more. So this is the College Football Over Under Show. So next Tuesday will be our College Football Season Preview. I got my Mark Lawrence book right in front of me here. So uh, for our, so if you hear the pages turning, because I got the ink, I got the ink in the paper in my hand, baby. So we got a uh, full College Football Preview on Tuesday. College Football Week One Preview Thursday. That show will play NFL Over Unders, and then the NFL Season Preview Show will be Tuesday the fifth. NFL Week 1 preview will be Thursday the 7th, okay? So, kick it off, college football over-unders. Three years ago, pretty good record, 23-13-3. Since then, I think I've picked way too many teams um, because la- two years ago, it was 31-33. Last year, it was 34-35. So, we're 88-81-3 overall, which is above 50%, but I would like to be at a better number, that's for sure. Last two years, losing your money, not great. But then again, <laughs> look at the difference from three years ago to the last few years. Three three years ago, I didn't pick every Power 5 conference. <laughs> but here we are. It's fun that way. It's more fun that way, that's for sure. So 88, 81, and 3, not my best. I, I mean, I missed a lot of teams last year. I, I had some teams having better years. I was down on a bunch of teams, and I was wrong. But that's okay. That's all right. You know, we move on. We go to next year, right? So here we are. And we will start in the SEC with the back-to-back champ, the Georgia Bulldogs, looking for the three-peat. Kirby Smart's crew, 11 and a half. Uh, Carson Beck coming in to play quarterback for Stenson Bennett. And for me, this isn't a very difficult schedule. You know, at a conference, UT Martin, Ball State, UAB, those are not challenging games for them. I understand. Um... UAB and UT Martin have had good records, fine. They get South Carolina at home, who has had, you know, shots at them recently, right? They get Kentucky at home. They go to Auburn, which isn't a big deal. Auburn stinks, even though it's a rivalry, we know that. At Vandy, who cares? That place will be all red anyway. You got the cocktail against Florida. Mizzou at home, Ole Miss at home. Both teams, I think, will be... Middle of the pack SEC, but I think that middle of the pack at SEC is pretty good. Um, at Tennessee, at Georgia Tech, it finishes. So, to me, the only games they could possibly lose, South Carolina maybe, um, Missouri and Ole Miss are home games. I don't love the Florida team. I really don't. And maybe at Tennessee, but this isn't over for me. This isn't over for me for Georgia. 
Now we go to the Alabama Crimson Tide, Nick Saban's Crimson Tide. Milrow will be the quarterback. He got some uh, time for Bryce when there was blowouts and Bryce was banged up a little bit. They play Texas week two. I mean, that's a very, very exciting game. The division Bam is in is definitely tougher, okay? And their crossover game being one of them, Tennessee, always tough. Um, we know that. So they get Texas at home because they went to Austin last year. The number is 10.5 for the season. It's not a – it's a two tough trips back-to-back -back with Mississippi State and A&M in the middle of the season there, end of, uh, end of September into October. I think they win – they'll probably go undefeated too. I think they pay LSU back big time because that LSU game, I don't know. I don't know about that one, folks. And I told you even afterwards, I, I thought Bama was one of the best four teams in the country, but fine. Ten and a half the number for Bama, I would say that is an over. Now, LSU is an interesting case. I don't really love Brian Kelly. I think you know that. I respect him. I think he's a good coach, but I don't know. He's just kind of a phony to me. They bring back a ton of starters. The number's nine and a half. They open with Florida State again. Uh, as they did last year in a very exciting game. They got to go to Bama, but they get Florida and A&M at the end of the season there. Georgia State as well, so that's a win. Army's in there. Okay, Grand Lake State. So they have some tough games and they have some in games. I think they'll be a 10-win team. Yeah, I, I would say it's just I want to pick the under here. I think you have some more room with the under, but I just think they will win 10 games. I think they will win 10. They'll find a way to win 10 games. Now, Tennessee, who um, I think it's been a, a pretty good job turning that program around by Heupel. Milton comes in, numbers nine and a half. At Florida early in the season. Go down there, beat them. You get South Carolina and A&M back-to-back, or by in between, sorry, both home games there. Then you go to Bama. Then you go to Kentucky. Then you got a game in against Connecticut, <laughs> which, okay, sure. I think that's homecoming now they got that Connecticut game. And then they get Georgia at home as well. So I think they lose one of the Carolina A&M games. They lose the Bama game. They probably lose the Georgia game. So, that's nine. I think that's under. We'll go under there for Tennessee. A&M is an interesting team. Jimbo, a lot of people talking hot seat. They bring back so many guys. I mean, they bring back so many guys. He had another good recruiting class, Jimbo. And... I'm not, I don't, it, it's a big year, okay? It is a big year for the A&M Aggies. At Miami, who I think is going to be better than people think. A&M gets Bam at home. They've been able to beat them. Besides when they had Johnny, obviously. 
Okay. End the season at LSU Baton Rouge. The number seven and a half. I think they find eight wins. You know, I do. I think you lose the Bama game. You lose one of at Tennessee or South Carolina. You beat the two Mississippi schools, and then you give yourself a chance with LSU at the end of the season. So we'll go over seven and a half. Old Miss, again, I think the middle of this pack in the SEC is because, yes, we know you have Georgia and Alabama at the top, and it's been a top-heavy league with some good teams that have been able to pick some teams off fine. But a lot of people are propping up LSU and Tennessee. I'm not very high on them. But this group of A&M, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Kentucky, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Mizzou, I think they'll be, you know, around eight wins, these these teams. They'll beat up on each other, of course, as we know. Um, and this Ole Miss team, seven and a half, I think they find a way to get eight wins for Lane Kiffin. He's done a good job. He's done a good job. I mean, you can knock him all you want. He is an knucklehead. Everybody knows that. Um Bring back a lot of guys. So I'll go over for Ole Miss. Arkansas brings back their quarterback in Jefferson. Um, a guy that when he's not banged up, when he's healthy, when he's able to kind of dictate the pace of what he wants to do with that relationship and the balance between the running and the and the passing at the quarterback position, he's a guy that can dictate and win them games um, for Sam Pittman. So seven, I think it's an over. Yeah, you go to Bama, but you get A&M in Arlington. That's always a fun game. You go to LSU. It is a tougher schedule, but I'd say the winnable games they have at home. They start the season in West Carolina, Kent State. BYU comes in. BYU's probably looking to make a name for themselves. They'll get a good shout from BYU. But then you get at LSU, neutral site against A&M, at Ole Miss, at Alabama. It could, that could be a four-game losing streak very easily, Okay. But then you get Mississippi State at home. You go to the Swamp in Florida. You got Auburn at home, Florida International home, Mizzou at home. You find seven wins there, and if they get seven, you push. So there you go. Kentucky up next. New kind of era for Kentucky now that Levis is gone. I liked Levis. I think a lot of people knocked him, but I, I really liked his toughness. I admired him uh, for Coach Stoops here. Six and a half. I'll go over. You start Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, Akron. You're basically halfway there. Then you got at Vandy. You should win that game. So then you're at 4-0 possibly. Okay. Florida at home, winnable game. At Georgia, probably going to lose that. Mizzou at home. Tennessee at home. Probably lose that, but that's you can win that game. At Mississippi State, Bama at home. If you're ever going to beat them, it's going to be at home. You're not going to beat them, though. At South Carolina, at Louisville, the, the rivalry game. So if you're sitting there week four, four and oh, would you rather have the over or the under with Kentucky at six and a half? I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over. Mississippi State, I think Will Rogers has done a nice job um, coming in to be that quarterback down there. It is very sad at what happened with Coach Leach. Um, obviously, rest in peace and, and condolences uh, to the Pirate. One of the greatest offensive minds in the history of the game. Zach Arnett comes in. They bring back a lot of stars on offense. Not a lot of stars on defense. Six and a half. 
It's not an easy schedule for Mississippi State, as we know. But you got Southern Miss in there. You got Western Michigan in there. You got Southeast Louisiana. You got Arizona in there. Those are certainly four winnable games, okay? And then you got to steal me three. So I like the over there. I like the over there. And I think a lot of these teams and the SEC guys are going to just keep beating up on themselves. I really think that it's just going to kind of happen that way. Mizzou, another similar team, six and a half here. Drinkwitz is already his fourth year, which is pretty crazy. Good amount of starters back. Another team that could be 2-0, 3-0, and 4-0 early, 5-0, and and then you're looking very nice. They got Kansas State, but before that, it's South Dakota State, Middle Tennessee, Kansas State. Then they play Memphis in Missouri in the Dome. That's fun. Haven't been a football in the game in the Dome in a while, right? At Vandy. So that first five, if you get me three, possibly four, Again, you're sitting pretty good with these numbers, and then you just got to get a couple more wins. So I like the over for Mizzou. South Carolina, um, Rattler, who, if you look at his numbers, you're like, okay, what's going on with this guy? And then you realize most of those touchdowns came in, what, two games or whatever it was? Third year for Beamer Ball. Don't bring back a ton of starters besides Rattler, okay? Six and a half. Another similar number here where, you know, get me bowl eligible in another win. We win this, right? Open up against Carolina. That's going to be a fun game, hopefully. Furman at Georgia early. So get Georgia off the schedule early. It's a, I don't want to call it a super favorable ending of the season. But you got Jacksonville State coming in, you got Vandy coming in, you get Kentucky coming in, and then you play Clemson at home, your big rival. So, again, if you get me the Furman game, you win three out of these five, two out of these five, Mississippi State at Tennessee, Florida at home, at Mizzou, at A&M. And then you got a chance for sure. So give me the over there. Auburn is our last six-and-a-half team in the SEC here. I'll tell you what, folks. I don't really love what's going on down there in Auburn. I understand they've had to go through a couple of you know transitions. Now you freeze comes in. A lot of guys come back for this team, even though you didn't coach them. And if this team, you know, they got UMass coming in, they go to Cal, they have Sanford at home, 3-0, and right? We, we should be talking about a 3-0 and Auburn Tiger team. Now you're kind of cooking with gas again. But I just don't really love this Auburn team. I think U Freeze is going to have a little bit of an adjustment coming back into this league. I don't think he'll, he'll strike with the iron hot. And again, are you going to be staring at six wins and you got to play Bama when they're trying to get into a playoff? I don't know. So we will go under there. Florida, who I told you I didn't love Richardson. I I thought he was a a specimen. He's so athletic. He's 
He he's his measurables are off the charts, but he just didn't play a good enough quarterback for me. Okay. Now Florida's got to go to Utah after Utah came to them to open the season last year. Or was that week two? I think it was week one. Florida's number is five and a half. McNeese, Charlotte, at a conference, and they get Florida State at the end of the season. So I'd say it's a balanced at a conference with going to Utah and welcoming Florida State at the end of the season. But McNeese and Charlotte, come on. What are we doing here? The Vandy game, so that's three. And I don't know if I see three more to get you the win. So we'll go under for Florida. Vandy, three and a half. I mean, this is obvious, right? This is an under city. I, if you get beat by Vandy, like, God bless, you know, you tip your cap. But I'm not going to take an over on three and a half on a team that might not win a game, okay? And I'm really not trying to not, um, crush the Commodores, but we know why they're in the league, right? We know that. Now, Hawaii comes in, Alabama A&M comes in, they go to Wake, they go to UNLV. That's the out-of-conference. So you better get it there, <laughs> okay? Because, yeah, Kentucky coming in, Mizzou coming in, they go to Florida, Georgia comes in, Adel Miss, Auburn home, at South Carolina, at Tennessee. I just don't know where you're getting the wins. So we'll go under for the Vandy Commodores. All right, Big Ten up next. Michigan up first here. The number is 10.5 for the Michigan Wolverines and Jim, Paul, Jim Harbaugh. And I, I'm going to talk about this more next week when we go into more depth about the top teams. But there's a, certainly a situation in the Big Ten where Penn State beats Michigan, Ohio State beats Penn State, and Michigan beats Ohio State, where all three of them would have one loss. Okay? I'll just tell you right now. Michigan, I think, is going over 10.5. Ohio State, I think, is going over 10.5. Penn State, 9.5, I think that's over. Wisconsin, 9, I think that's over. I think the top of this league is really good. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, we're used to them. This might be the best Penn State team in a while, but Michigan's been really good the last few years. We know how good Ohio State has been. Wisconsin's a little different. They're going to open it up with Luke Fickle. And, yeah, they have the tandem at running back, and Allen is sensational, right? But they bring a transfer quarterback in Mordecai who can sling it. I really think that at the top of this league, they're going to be pounding the lower half of this league. Michigan over 10.5, Ohio State over 10.5, Penn State over 9.5, Wisconsin over 9. All right. Now, in the middle and towards the end of this league, Iowa for me, the Kirk Ferentz um, era is going to come to an end soon. Whether it's, you know, some of these scandalous things that have come out or just the fact that the football that they play is going to get them housed when they go to L.A. to take on UCLA and USC in a couple of years, right? When they go to Eugene, okay? I just, seven wins for an Iowa team, like, I, I understand, you know, to get to eight, they usually do it. I just think it's a down year for them. Maryland at seven. Tally is good, but what else do you have for me? I'm going to go under there. Minnesota, the Colt has not um, done well for PJ Fleck. I mean, it's just been it's just been really weird for him. 
It's been really weird for him. I don't like what they are kind of done over there. Six and a half. I'm going to go under. Um, Illinois, six and a half. Illinois, I'll go over. Illinois, I think, is going to surprise some teams in this league. Um, it's definitely an interesting team under Bielma. They play hard. He's a guy that belongs in the Big Ten for me. He's not an SEC guy, as we saw at Arkansas. Um, but I like him back in the Big Ten. I'm going to go over six and a half for Illinois. Nebraska, I'm going to go under six. There's just so much going on there still. Um, Matt Rule comes in. We know he can coach at the college level. But can he coach in Nebraska? We'll see. I think it's a tough year. If you get some bowl eligible, you're happy um, in Lincoln. But if you take the under and they get bowl eligible at six, you still push. So we'll go under there. Michigan State, I think the um, the welcome for Mel Tucker so, you know, kind of subsided a little bit. He's only 18 and 14 straight up now. Um, five and seven last year was horrendous. Coming off eleven and two, everybody thought they were going to be very good. I was like, I don't know about it. Five and a half. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go under. Purdue five and a half. Now Purdue is an interesting team. Um, do they have the top level talent as an Ohio State or? a Michigan or even a Penn State. No, they don't. Um, new head coach in Walters. D.C. and Illinois last year. They move on from Brom. And I think it'll be a little five and a half. I think they do get bowl eligible because Purdue finds ways to win football games, especially at home. Their home games are Fresno State, Syracuse, Wisconsin, Illinois, Ohio State, Minnesota, Indiana. They'll get four of those, and then they'll find two wins on the road. And that's just what they'll do. And they'll be eligible. Now, Rutgers, who so many people are, are in their feelings about Rutgers that I've seen recently. Shannon, man, a bunch of stars back on defense. It's always been a quarterback issue for Shiano at Rutgers. We all know that. They got to win four games for you to win this bet. They're going to win four games for you. Okay. Wagner and Temple are on the schedule. There's two. Then you need two more. You can get two more. Especially at home. Place rocks. Indiana, three and a half. Similar here. You need... Four wins, I'll give the over. Now, Northwestern, three and a half, that is a place in, in turmoil. Absolute turmoil right now um, in Evanston, so we're going to go under there. Big 12, Oklahoma's number is nine and a half. Texas's number is nine and a half. I think they both go over. Gabriel was solid. I think he'll be better for Oklahoma this year. Venerables, I think that defense will be better, and year two as a head coach is not all new to him this year. Now, Texas, uh, I'm really shocked Texas isn't doesn't have a bigger number. I'm really shocked that Texas doesn't get more um, play as a, as a national champion because if it all breaks right for Sark, 
they're really, really good. And even if they do lose to Bama, it would be a loss on the road. So if that's their one loss, that's still pretty dang good. Right? Why does Rice play Texas? No. We choose to go to the moon because it's not because it's easy. Because it's hot. That was my JFK. It wasn't great. And I'm sure I could do a better one. But I just saw Rice on a Texas schedule and it makes me think of that speech. Why does Rice play Texas? We choose to go to the moon not because it's easy. Because it's hot. The great orator. If you didn't know JFK. Um, Oklahoma in the combo as we know. I think both these teams, Texas and Oklahoma, nine and a half will both go over there. Kansas State, listen, Kansas State, I, I think I got to be done talking like bad about because they always seem to be like, Asia, you pick Oklahoma and Texas against us, and all we do is find ways to beat those teams, and yet you keep picking them. I'm like, yeah, I know. What do you want me to do? So I got to be better with Kansas. Um, Climbing's 30 and 20 since being there. I know they're only seven and seven last, or t- they're ten and four. Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Eight and five the year before, three years ago, eight and five, four and six in the COVID year. We'll go over for Kansas State, BYU eight and a half. I think this is, I think this is possibly asking a lot of BYU to jump up. Now I understand they've won, you know, eleven games two years ago. Three years ago, sorry, ten games two years ago, eight and five last year, um, and they played some tough games too last year. If you look at it, they went to Oregon, lost by eleven. Then in the middle of the season, they lose to Notre Dame, they lose to Arkansas. The Liberty loss was pathetic. That was a bad job, um, and they lost to East Carolina, but they won a bunch of games other than that. So, uh, first year Big Twelve, I think it's asking a lot. And if they still win eight games, you win your bet. So eight and a half will go under. TCU, the the darling of last year. And it's unfortunate that they got clobbered like that in the title game because if it's a close game, at least you can be like, hey, we were we almost pulled it off, right? But you look back at that run, there were so many games that they should have lost or been out of and all these kind of things, and it all broke right for them, you know. Even the Michigan game, it all broke right for right? But, you know, first-year head coach last year, everything goes right. Quarterback's gone now. The top receiver's gone now. Yeah, you do still have a lot of those weapons, but 7.5, I'm going to go under. Baylor, 7.5, I'll go over. I think you are you got to start expecting some, some big things from Aranda soon, um, and it could be this year. It could be a big jump for them. He's been a, a coach that, you know, when he got hired, he was kind of on everybody's list, and Baylor got to him. Two more than bowl eligible. Can you get me eight wins? I think you can. I think you can. So we'll go over for Baylor. Texas Tech, seven and a half. I have written down under. I think I'm going to stick with it, but I, I, I just... It's an interesting Big 12. There's going to be a lot of weekends where... Some teams are going to get written off and pull off upsets. Some teams are going to be like, this team should win and they're going to get blown out. You know, this team should go on the road and win. They get blown out, whatever it is. They bring back almost everybody on offense, which I think is really good. But we know this is not a, it's just strictly an offensive league. Can you play some defense? I don't know. Uh, Kansas, six and a half. 
under. That was just – I know the quarterback's good. Um, I know they had a, a fun season and everything kind of was great while they were rolling there and it was all so, so fun and all this, right? So they were like 5-0, and right, and game day came in. Then TCU came. Then Oklahoma came. Then Tech. Then Texas. Then Kansas State. They lose their bowl game. So I'm just going to lean here under six and a half. Because even if they win six, you still win. Oklahoma State, six and a half. I just I just don't really love what's going to happen in this Oklahoma State program uh, when they're losing their big rival. They need that game. Bedlam is so, so important for really everything when it comes to that state. Um It's going to be weird for them not to play Oklahoma every year. Hopefully that can get rectified somehow. I like Gundy, but they lose weird games that they shouldn't lose, so I'm going to go under. UCF, six and a half, year one, under. I don't don't ever buy the UCF hype. I don't care what anyone says. Iowa State, a lot of people saying that Campbell's job's on the line here. Uh, Five and a half, I think he gets his guys to a bowl game, so give me the over there. Cincinnati, five and a half, no fickle. You come to a new league. Playoff now, two years removed, as we know. A lot of guys gone from those teams in that era. Obviously, the coach now. I think five and a half, six is asking a lot for a team coming to a new league like that. So let's go under. West Virginia, four and a half. Under, they stink. Uh, Houston, they'll be in games. Four and a half makes me think they could get to five, could get to six, but we'll take our chances and go under. ACC, a lot of people are high on Florida State. Got a lot of transfers. Um, The quarterback, Travis, is back. I just don't know if I love the coach, uh, Norvell. They go 10-3 last year, but... You know, some of these games... They had that three-game losing streak in the middle of the season, and they got hot again. Hammered Miami, hammered Syracuse, hammered ULL, beat Florida by enough. I, I, you know, I'm just not the biggest Florida State guy. I'm I was never the biggest Mike Norvell guy, to be honest. Ten is a lot. Ten's a lot of wins. Nine, you win your bet. Give me the under. Clemson, now you're going to be like, AJ, here you go again, just being a homer. Fine. I think Klubnik might be, um, I think he'll be in New York. I'll, I'll say it. I think he'll be in New York for a Heisman Trophy ceremony. I don't think he's going to win it. But I think Clemson will be back this year. You look at the last two seasons, they've lost three games. Before that, you would have had to add seasons up together to get them to three losses. I think there's some bad taste in that tiger mouth. Nine and a half's the number. I'm going to go over. UNC with Drake May, eight and a half. I like that number to go over. I think UNC is going to be in a a bunch of track meets. They don't care about defense. Look at uh, UNC overs really consistently through the, the season. May's really good. 
he's going to win them a lot of games. I don't think he loses them a ton of games. Maybe their defense does, but I don't think Drake May does. So as long as he has an opportunity with the ball in his hand, they can win the game. So I'm going to go over there. Louisville's a team that's getting a lot of traction from people. Um, eight is the number. I'm going to go over because I think they will overachieve. And if they get to eight, you push. Um, now they could win four games, and I'm like, you're an idiot, but whatever. Miami's another team here, seven and a half. Quarterback back in Van Dyke, crystal ball year two. I like what I'm seeing out of Miami. I don't really love the Miami that has the preseason hype. Unless they're really, really, really good and coming off a natty. Now that's different, right? But the Miami of recent times have been teams that have started off pretty good, found a couple wins early, found themselves ranked, win a big game or lose a big game, but then that's kind of their season. The Miami teams with hype have kind of struggled. This Miami team, 7.5, I like the over. Pitt, 6.5, interesting here. Quarterback back, I like the over there. NC State, 6.5, I'm going to go under. I don't love the NC State team. Q, 6.5, I'm going to go under there. Duke has a good team. 6.5. I think if you said, AJ, give me your best picks from the ACC or give me your best picks, I think Duke would be uh, an over that I would give out for sure. Wake at six, I'm going to go under. BC at five and a half, I'm going to go under. Virginia Tech, five, I'm going to go under. Georgia Tech, four and a half, I'm going to go under. UVA, three and a half, I'm going to go under. I don't think the ACC is a good league. I think it's very top heavy. And even the top with UNC, Louisville, Miami, Pitt, In that kind of second tier, because I think Clemson's a class, giving them Florida State, and then UNC, Louisville, Miami, Pitt, possibly fighting there. Pac-12 is a really interesting league. USC, 9.5. Oregon, 9.5. Washington, 9. Utah, 8.5. UCLA, 8.5. Oregon State, 8. And then the rest of the league, 6.5, So, again, not a very balanced league. I think the top teams will crush the other teams and we'll see some splits or, you know, kind of like what I talked about with Penn State being Michigan, Ohio State being Penn State, and Michigan being Ohio State. I could see that kind of scenario playing out in the Pac-12 where maybe an Oregon beats a USC but loses to a Utah, a Washington beats an Oregon but uses to USC. USC wins that game but loses to UCLA and they lose to Oregon State. I could see these kind of games shifting like that. That being said, I love the quarterback play from a lot of these teams. Now, UCLA, we know more Schley, I think it is, S-E-H-L-L-E, is either going to be a starter, but everywhere else, you know, Caleb Williams, the defending Heisman Trophy winner at USC. Bo Nix has been really good at Oregon. Penix has been awesome since stepping foot on Washington's campus. Cam Rising has been a very good player for Utah. And Oregon State, who shocked a lot of teams last year with some wins, they get Uncle Lele from Clemson, who I just think needs to be a little bit out of that big spotlight, a little bit closer to home now with Hawaii. I'm sure that's good for his family. And I like all these overs. USC 9.5, Oregon 9.5, Washington 9, Utah 8.5, UCLA 8.5, Oregon State 8. Now, the rest of the league, besides Colorado, I'm going under. Wazoo, 6.5, under. Cal, under 5. ASU, under 5. Arizona, under 5. Stanford, under 3. Colorado, over 3. I believe in Deontay. Independence, Notre Dame at 9. 
Hartman comes in as the transfer to be the quarterback. I think that's what Notre Dame really could have used last year. I thought there was at a hole at quarterback that kind of hurt that hurt them in some certain situations and some games where if you have a little bit more of a I don't want to say veteran presence, but a guy who's had more reps, guys who's played in some bigger games. I, I, I like that move for Sam Hartman. So I'm going to go over Notre Dame nine. I, I think Notre Dame is going to be poised for a good se- good season, and they got some big games too. So that's always exciting with Notre Dame. Military academies. Air Force eight and a half. I'm gonna go under Navy six and a half. I'll go over Army six. I'll go over. I always want my military academies in bowl games, and that Army Navy game to matter in December always. All right, college football week zero. Navy and the number thirteen Notre Dame Fighting Irish in Dublin. Then we have San Jose State taking on the number sixteen USC. Now USC, I expect to be crisp, um, you know, ready to go, ready to flaunt that offense again from Lincoln Riley Notre Dame Navy I think is going to be a really interesting matchup in the sense of if Navy is ready to go if that triple option is being effective if Notre Dame is not following their assignments on defense we know it's a new head coach and Newberry at Navy and four and eight four and eight three and seven last three years after they were 11 and two so they're looking to bounce back off those seasons and start the season right but I just think Notre Dame will be a little too much for them to handle. Hartman plays well. As long as that Notre Dame defense is ready to go, they should do fine. And USC is going to handle San Jose State. Footy, weekend soccer preview. Chelsea at the bridge taking on Luton Town. And Pochettino had talked about wanting to start fast and start with wins. He had a draw and a loss in his first two matches. Now, uh, Chico Mecca is going to be out. So him and Nkuku already hurting up front for Pochettino, so they're not being uh, able to be selected. I mean, how many games do you have to go for Nico Jackson to not get a goal before you think about keeping Lukaku around, right? Um, I think that's got to be a conversation that might be happening in London that they did not want to have happen, right? Now, Lutontown had a little bye week after their first match day, but if they do find a result in Stanford Bridge, remember that day because that would be a very bad day for Chelsea and a great day for Lutontown. Bournemouth-Tottenham. Bournemouth coming off a loss to Liverpool. Tottenham coming off a very good performance against Man United. And if Tottenham with Pastacoglu want to, you know, play fun football and and attack and, you know, be exciting and entertaining, that's great. You win the fans back, you'll have, right? But if you want to compete, if you want to find ways to win and win trophies and hang around and be in these big matches, you go to Bournemouth and you handle your business at the Vitality. For Tottenham. Manchester United take on Forest, that big rivalry from back in the day. Mason Mount is banged up for United, so maybe Erickson um, in the midfield there. McTominay has fallen out of favor. We've known that. And Forest are going to have an opportunity here to go to Old Trafford and get a result because Man U, to me, have not started the season well. They should have drawn opening night or opening match day. Um, or at least it should have been 1-1, or at least a penalty, right, as we know. Can't, penalties aren't always converted, as we know. Um, and they played horrendous football against Tottenham. That was very, very poor for Man United. So um, Forrest have an opportunity here, and can they take advantage? I'd hope for their sake, but Man U should win the game. Everton and Wolves. I don't know where Wolves are going to be, but this could be a six-pointer that we look back on towards the end of the season and say, remember that early on in the season when Wolves played Everton and the points went one way, right? 
at Goodison. You need a big showing from the fans. And I know Calvert-Lewin went hurt out hurt of the last match, and he's just been hurt always, and it just hasn't seemed to work out. He just hasn't been fit ever consistently because when he is fit, like, what was that, three years ago they started the season really, really well with Calvert-Lewin? It goals and all the wins, right? But he just hasn't been consistent now. You don't want to talk about goal scorers for Everton, that's one thing, but the goal scorers for Wolves are in trouble. Um, no really true front man. I'd be worried about where the goals are coming from for Wolves. I said that in the season preview a few weeks ago. Um, and it's just obvious. It's just it's just truly obvious that you don't know where you're going to get your goals from, which means how are you going to get results? Every game can't be nil-nil. London Dari, Brentford at Chris, uh, in Crystal Palace, hook up. Interesting match, depending on how the, the managers set their teams up and how many offensive players we see. It could be up and down. It could be exciting. Um, but I'll give the nod to Brentford there at home. Another London Derby, Arsenal-Fulham. Interesting game for Arsenal. Still some banged-up injuries. Um... Still trying to sort out his best defense and who's coming back. And they're coming off the red card. Um, the two yells from Tamiyasu. Fulham are in an interesting spot. They bring in Jimenez. They ship off Mitrovic. They have some other offensive players. They record over Reed. Um, even William, per se. But... Um, if Arsenal want to do what Arsenal wants to do, which is compete and eventually win the Prem again and win trophies, you beat Fulham at home. That's just what you do. Brighton-West Ham. This could be an interesting match. Uh, West Ham continue to add players here towards the end of the window and the start of the season. Like You would wonder, why didn't you just do this three months ago when you could add a team? Brighton, the Zerbi. I mean, what can you say that hasn't been said about this guy's man management tactics? Um with the, the team's development. And yes, you can go back to Graham Potter's team for a lot of these guys, but the Zerbies come in and they haven't missed a beat. And well, there's Matoma. Ferguson comes off the bench. They brought in Jao Pedro. Sully Marsh scores goals. Pascal Gross scores goals. Welbeck scores goals. Um, there's just so many guys for that team that put the ball in the back of the net. And I think West Ham, especially missing Rice still in this middle of that park, they got to – because that Rice Suchek was so good. It allowed Suchek to go forward. Um, and right now he's trying to find the balance of when he can go forward when he can't. So I think Brighton get a result there. Sheffield United, Bramwell Lane hosts the champion City. Um, City are banged up, but it shouldn't matter. Sheffield United are going to have to turn in a – all-time performance to get a result out of this match, and I just don't think they have it in them. Burnley, Villa at Turf Moor. That Villa team is really good. I understand they're a little banged up, but they're really, really good. And they have players, and they're playing Emery's system, and he's kind of picking the right ones at the right positions and the right moments. And company with Burnley, like, that's... That, like, I know it hurt Luton not to have their first home match and everything, like, everybody excited. But I think it hurt Burnley because 
Burnley, I think, has a chance of staying up. I don't think Luton does. I don't think Luton does. And Burnley, you need a big result here um, for them. And I just don't think, I'm not sure they get it. Newcastle-Liverpool, match of the weekend in the Prem at St. James Park. It's a big, big match. Uh, some big question marks for Jurgen Klopp. Does Endo come into the team? Um, does Gakpo slide to the false nine? Does Jota come out of the team? Because you put Mack and Subasly in the dueling eights. Uh, the double eight there. A lot of people talking about Trent needs a game. Like, what are we doing here? So, um, some calls for Klopp in the midfield, as we know. And for Newcastle with Eddie Howe, he has options with how he wants to set up. So, this is a, a one that can go either way. If Newcastle want to play and go up and down, I think that benefits Liverpool to get some goals. Uh, but if Newcastle want to set up and kind of break down the match like they did at Anfield last year, it, it wasn't a good idea for them. Um... Very interested to see how this match plays out. Newcastle-Liverpool. I think it'll be a big match. It's an exciting match. Big-time players. Um, what this match should be with the uh, the Magpies, the Toon Army, up at St. James Park is going to be rocking. And I think Liverpool and Klopsman will be ready. I think they'll be ready for a big test. La Liga, Celta Vigo take on Real Madrid. Barca travels to Villarreal. And Valicano hosts Atletico. Syria, Atlanta go to Fresnoni. AC Milan hosts Turin. Verona hosts Aroma. Juve at home against Bologna. Sassuolo go to Napoli, the champions. Genoa are in Rome to take on Lazio. And Cagliari hosts Inter. Bundesliga, Rebel Leipzig against Stuttgart. Dortmund go to Bochum. And Munich are at home against Augsburg. Ligue 1, PSG against Len. Soccer transfer rumors. Uh, Cancelo loan buy option. Done deal to Barcelona. So he'll be announced as a new Barcelona player from City. Now, City, with that injury to De Bruyne, they want another player. Elise already signed a new contract, so they're not going to go after him after he was. Uh, he told Chelsea no. So the two names that you're seeing for City are Nunes from Wolves or Eze from Crystal Palace. And I think either player certainly helps them um, in that hole that they need in that kind of 10 position because Grealish could play the 10, but they need him out wide. Foden could play the 10, but he is another position out wide, and he will play some of the 10, as we know. Um, Silva could, but they need him out wide because they got rid of Morris. Um, Alvarez could, but you like him as uh, spelling Holland and playing up top with Holland sometimes. So they have options. If they bring in Nunes or Eze, that helps them have even more options, okay? And variables for Pep, who I think he had back surgery, so he's going to be not coaching, which is crazy. Uh, West Ham, I alluded to them making moves. Mavropanos, I think he came from Stuttgart as well, is going to West Ham. They also bid for Kudas from Ajax, who was getting some attention from Chelsea and some other clubs earlier in the window. So Kudas could be getting that Premier League move to London for West Ham. Burnley get the kid Aaron Ramsey from Villa, who I thought was a different guy. And then Brentford want Nico Gonzalez to help them out. Uh, NFL headlines. Colts set a Thursday trade deadline for Jonathan Taylor after they kind of gave him only a few days to figure out the, the trading partner situation, which I guess is a very interesting tactic when you go about it. It's like, yeah, you can look for a trade by this time. <laughs> so that's the deal with the Colts. Chris Jones could possibly sit out to week eight for the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid's 
said there's been no communication. Pat Mahomes doesn't fault Chris Jones for doing what he's doing. None of the Chiefs teammates really do as well. Uh, Bake gets named the Bucks starter, which I, I think was pretty obvious. Raiders have no interest in trading Josh Jacobs, so more with the running backs there. Smith and Jigba could miss the start of the season for Seattle. That's unfortunate after he's going to miss some time here. And Corey Davis from the Jets retires. I think, you know, young guy didn't really, you know, pop off the introduction to the league. And with all this change in New York, if your heart's not in it, I can understand you moving down the depth chart and more guys bringing in a wide receiver and then all of a sudden this new quarterback doesn't trust you. Yeah, I can understand retiring, I guess. That's for sure. All right, FedEx Cup Playoffs Tour Championship, the leaderboard to start. Scotty Scheffler will start the tournament at 10-under like he did last year. Victor Hovland is in second at 8-under. Rory's at 7, Rahm's at 6, and Glover's at 5. Those are the five guys that have um, individual kind of plateaus, I guess you can call them, or starting points. The group at 4-under will be Max Homa, Cantley, Harmon, Clark, and Fitzpatrick. The group at 3-under, Fleetwood, Henley, Bradley, Ricky, and Xander. Two under Tom Kim, Sung J M, Corey Connors, and the other Kim. Siwoo. Uh, group at one under Moore, Taylor, Shank, Colin Morikawa, Jason Day, and then at even the guys who just got in, Sam Burns, Grillo, Hatton, Spieth, and Straka. So we'll recap the tour championship on next Tuesday's show, which will also be our college football preview show. Following Thursday will be our college football week one show. Um, and that will also be the show where we do NFL over-unders like we did tonight with uh, and today with college football over-unders. And then the following Tuesday will be our NFL season preview. And then the following Thursday is our NFL week one preview. So football right around the corner, folks. We're getting into the 20s in August. So we've had preseason. We're talking about more college kids getting jobs and stuff like that and quarterbacks. So very exciting time. Stick with us. We'll have you covered for football season. Have a great weekend. Talk to you next week. Peace. That's the name of it? Guys, check out his podcast. That sounds like my kind of podcast. Football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.